So I'm just glad that uh, those five minutes that went by, you were like, hey, why are you ignoring me? That wasn't doing some crazy stuff like picking my nose or like AB just going to a public pool and just bearing it all. <laughs> you know, then be a Twitter line. Yeah, all much. right. Season three, episode 16. Stats that matter. Let's go. The NFL, where the rules are made up, preseason rankings don't matter. We're going to recap our first set to pick them. Spoiler craziness. We're going to discuss which teams we're really surprised by at this point in the season and spin up the prediction being machine for week five and our cups this week sour beer from portland maine shout out Bessel brothers and you got a rye whiskey from indiana shout out milliman green follow us on instagram at stats of matter and on twitter at stats podcast for all things beer and sports find stats of matter wherever you get your podcast stitcher apple spotify google amazon Alexa, mm. and uh coming soon to a i mean a, a city near you we're going on a world tour i don't know probably not. <laughs> but uh anyways let's get into the damn show uh, for those of you who do not know, Tim has had a birthday. Mm. He is now uh, 96 or 97. I, one, of, one of the two years. And a half. I, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, man. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been a little inconsistent lately with some of these recordings because just Sam's a globetrotter and is always on vacation. Uh, I had a birthday <laughs> last week, so we couldn't do it on our on our day. I don't usually do much for my birthday, but we were kind of vegging out a little bit. Um, yeah, but don't be honest. You were like, uh, hey, I got to go record this podcast. And then she's like, your dad's here. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, so anyway, I got this uh, sweet bottle of Milliman Green. It's a rye whiskey made in Indiana, but it's bottled in Blanco, Texas. Um, but it's a, a rye whiskey, which I'm not generally a, a big fan of. But uh, this one's actually uh finished in port wine casks so it should have a nice little oh yeah this sound never gets old a nice little sweeter port wine finish i was gonna do i got a beer uh via the beer stork that i was gonna do it's a bellflower mortalis collab and both of those are phenomenal phenomenal um breweries uh however that one may have gone through a couple temperature changes, and I'm I'm worried it may have thrown off the taste. So we're not going to worry about that one. We're going to go right to this whiskey instead. Uh, right off the bat, smell the smell the rye in it, but it does have like a wine finish to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually pretty good for. Uh, Ryes tend to have like a harsher bite, kind of like, you know, any rye bread you've ever had. It's got a very sort of like a uh, bold taste to it that stands out no matter what. Um, Ryes generally have that same thing and it ends up having like a little bit of effect on that like burn in the end. Not really my cup of tea, but this one's kind of nice. It's smooth. Uh, that port wine finish kind of gives it uh, kind of like a plum flavor. On the tail end of it, which is kind of nice, kind of mellows out that burn and sort of the, that rye flavor. Um, that's really good. Put in a little. I'm not one to like sniff a whiskey, and I'm not big into like telling you all the flavors <laughs> are there, but this one has like a little hint of almost like a butterscotch in it, which is interesting because that's not something you would typically get out of these, but. Yeah, that's not bad. Definitely a little bit uh, of that fruit from the, the wine comes through. I'm going to give this one a 
A 7-2. Seven, 7-2. Two. Seven, two. Yeah, 7-2. For the butterscotch. Yeah, For the birthday not, butterscotch boy. It'd be great if butterscotch actually came through in the flavor, but it does not. So I am going to sidecar this bellflower, and if it ends up being phenomenal, I'll give it a little nod. But um, Right, you'll, you'll give it a rating. If it's not, then it, you know, the <laughs> listener will have to, have to save. Okay, I got something of ourselves. Uh, it's the uh, rotating series um, from Bissell Brothers that's spearheaded by their lead team, Leadership, Equity, Action, and Diversity. Each beer donates to a nonprofit that's committed to advancing issues of equity and representation in the community. This one was for Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, which provides sexual and reproductive health care to patients in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and all who may travel there for care to ensure everyone can make decisions about their bodies, their lives, and their futures. Care, no matter what. Right? Mm. Uh, it's a sour ale with pomegranate and thyme, and it was actually uh, brewed. By Nico Labarge and Leia Foti, who shout out uh, USM USM student girlfriend of uh, Dan Santos fraternity brother. I was like, "Yo, you gotta let me know how I can help support." So uh, I called the uh, called the place up, bought around, got some beers in the mail. Uh, first thing when you pour this, it's got a nice, nice, incredible pink grapefruity color. Tim, I know you're looking away because you can't say anything that even. Mentions grapefruit, but uh, pomegranate <laughs> time. Let's go. Okay, I, pomegranate. Uh, I don't mind pomegranate. I can I can kind of get down with, but yeah, I agree. It does. It does look like actual grapefruit juice, though. If you've ever had grapefruit juice in a can, this mm. is what it looks like. So, oh, smell the smell the palm. Not so much of the time, though. Although a time is, I've not heard of time being used in a beer before. Let's see how this goes. I've had a beer that had it in there, but it was a saison. Right. Oh, okay. So the palm definitely is nice and cool and refreshing on the front. And then the time on the back end, you're like the little Italian thing. Mm-hmm. The time on the back end, the gabagool, if you will. Uh, the time is a, is a nice uh, way to float the beer out because it balances against the acidity of the sour beer itself. So it gives it a nice little crisp pinch at the end. I, I, I like that I think quite a bit. Obviously, because it's... Uh, Something in our self series, I'm gonna get a 50 out of uh out of five, but um actually rating this beer, gonna give it a four one. Really, really good. Uh it is fucking cold here now, so it's not really sour beer weather. Tim, you'll be oh. happy to know this. I've, I've been getting into the stouts a little lately, okay? Oh. I'd have a couple of stouts uh, here in the future on these things, but uh cheers to Leah and uh Nico and cheers to Bessel for, for making this beer. So mm. four point one. Here we go. By the way, that that beer uh the flavor is definitely not it's i'm sure it's not as good as it would be fresh it's not off it's it is pretty good though so if you see it uh anti is a scent give it a try it's uh i think you gotta be up in maine to get it from bellflower um but it Mm. is it is it's nice little candy little uh little sweetness full body ipa pretty good there you go nice all right we we have been um not great with the picks bob not great at all uh, we'll just bury the lead that right now you and me are two and two because we have uh, this nasty knack for getting one of the three predictions right, which just you know, means we just haven't really gotten any better at picking since yeah. uh, since last time. But you know we're four weeks into the season now, Tim. What are a few teams that have that have really surprised you? And what I mean by that is you, you go into the season you're like, oh, this team is going to fucking slay, and now they're not, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Teams that you expected to be much better but are just just very very bad. Uh, question. I actually thought 
coming into this that um, the Ravens might have the typical Ravens season where Lamar comes in, helps them kind of limp along a little bit, and they kind of look okay, but they've actually been playing really, really well and have come up short like a, a, a couple times, but have been really outplaying surprisingly well, um, given what they're asking of their quarterback to carry the team. Yeah. Um, not only has he been playing his ass off, but he's been able to sling the ball around more than what he's done in previous years. It's not all just on his legs. And it makes for a pretty dangerous team if they could kind of just piece a couple things together. Blowing yeah, like, big leads is uh is yeah. gonna break your back every single time, which unfortunately is kind of where their downfall has been. They've they've been in a lot of close games and then gave up um like some late drives or uh you know, a interception in the end zone, you know, things like that. But they have a lot of potential. They're playing incredibly well. You just hope that the rest of the team kind of gets up to speed so isn't on Lamar to carry this the way he has the last few years because that's a lot of uh you know a lot of pressure and a lot of you know damage on your body but given that he's not just relying on the legs he is finding open receivers he's hucking it downfield pretty successfully yeah it's been a good uh it's been a good little change i'd say you know other than the dolphins the ravens might be one of the bigger you know upside positives for me yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you on that one. I mean, the defense yeah, that 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 kind of stuff is going to get fixed, but the the whole thing was can Lamar throw the ball? He's throwing the goddamn ball over the place, so it's it's a really good thing for him. Uh, one team is definitely now it's early, right? But one team has definitely surprised me is the Giants, mm. right? Here we are, three and one. They're uh, just underneath the Eagles, who are four and zero, like in, in the NFC least. Yep. <laughs> That's right, I did say that. Um, Brian Dable. Their fights during pre, you know, preseason, we were talking about it. Like, what is this team doing? Like, I don't know. Maybe it seems to be working. Like, Saquon is back in form. They don't really have wide receivers yet. They're still managing to score points. Um, Daniel Jones is, is becoming less and less mistake-ridden as the weeks go on. He's not mistake-proof, but uh, he makes even less of them. And then, of course, the defense is trying to do what they can. I mean, most of the games they've been winning, they've scored, you know, 20 points or less. It's not a, a, a sustainable model for mm. winning games in the future anyways but thus far if you'd have told me the giants are three and one i'd have been like what year are we in? right 2007 and, 2011 and i mean 2015 the other thing that gives me a little pause there with the giants is looking at the opponents that they've got up against it, it was the titans who have kind of yet to really find their footing then the panthers uh, yeah and then the panthers who we'll we'll get to in a in a little bit um the Cowboys, and then the Bears. So it, it hasn't been the strongest schedule. The fact that they've scored uh, 21 points is the, is the highest they've scored so far this year. Yeah. They're, they're not big wins. They're not blowout wins against some teams that you should be able to go up and put some pretty good numbers on. So I get a, I agree. Uh, I you know I bet on them yesterday, and <laughs> they ended up winning. Um, yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah, so what's funny is my, my bets here, I need to start reflecting the bets I play on myself because your boy cashed out a pretty big payout yesterday at a, a six-leg parlay that we hit on. Yeah, and this, I mean, this this season thus far has been pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, so if you, if you want to get a little wild. Uh, I, I will say know, that um, the other team that's... Usually it works. Yeah, the other team that's been 
the most surprising in a positive way has been the Dolphins. Unfortunately, I think that's about to take a drastic turn because of mismanagement with their yeah. quarterback injuries. But I expected the Dolphins to do well, you know, top tier of the you know middle of the pack, maybe bottom of the, the top tier teams. Come out and play their ass off. And it's not, I mean, Tua has definitely been putting them in the position to win. But overall, that entire team has come together and been able to really start firing on all cylinders. I mean, you see what happens when Tua comes out. It's not. It's obviously not the same look. So if he's out for an extended period of time or retires maybe, which he should consider after two back-to-back major concussions, one of which they call level one trauma, and usually that sign you know, where his hands kind of tighten up the way they did. Yeah, the fencing response. Yeah, yeah, it's usually a sign of, like, potential brainstem injuries. So maybe maybe you take a little time off. But if there's one thing that I can give Mike McDaniel props for, being the coach of the the Miami Dolphins, it's like change the the attitude, change the culture. Mm -hmm. However, even if you're operating within the confines of what the league or the independent neurologists say you can do, you just open yourself up like, yeah, he stayed. He came back in the game against the Bills and they won because the Bills fell apart. Not not really because two went out won that game, right? So then like yeah. you, you naturally think like, oh, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Like Teddy Bridgewater, serviceable backup quarterback. I don't see them beating a ton of teams. Like I yeah. I, I think the, the model of just pepper Tyreek with targets is going to be okay. I, I do think Tua comes back this season. I think he's out, honestly. He's out for a few weeks. I think he's going to probably, you know, get a whole bunch of barrage of tests. They're not going to start him this week, obviously, against the Jets. They're not going to start him next week. Yep. But I think three, four weeks from now, he's going to come back. It's just in the way that the coaches have talked about him. Oh, he was alert, blah, 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 blah. All this on the on the flight home. And his first concussion wasn't really a concussion. Mm. Back injury, blah, blah, blah. Like, you fired an independent doctor based off of those things. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't see him not playing at all this season. I think he definitely is going to come back. Yeah. I think it, it says something, something more about how like how the rules are so broad where someone can just answer a few questions. Like the thing about concussions, even if you've never had one, is that they do not appear. It depending on the severity, they could appear immediately. Right. Um but sometimes, you know, you get that that uh that crunch that goes on in your cranium and then you're gonna start to see things play out over a week or two or three which is why the concussion protocol, you have to go through that many steps because different symptoms can progress yeah. throughout the week. So like, I think the Dolphins probably dodged a bullet off of the first one. Maybe it wasn't a high, con- you know, a high degree of, of uh, I, I don't know. I was trying to find the rule for it, but there is a portion of like the concussion protocol and like the spotters that are up in there where, yeah. where if a player is on it, like their ability to to walk and their mobility is in jeopardy and they can't move under their own weight and ability, like you are not supposed to be able to go back into the game. I'm not buying not that it was supposed to. I'm not buying not that gimmick. it was. Uh, I think technically, I mean, that's part of the reason they're going into this investigation because I don't think you are like uh, allowed to go back in. It's the 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 guys that this is a a back injury. I mean. The guy stood up off the ground and he didn't like stretch his back out. He like shook his head. And anybody who's ever played football or lacrosse or any other contact wrong. sport who has had your bell rung, you stand up and you try and like shake off the cobwebs. I, 
I mean, it's a really bad look if you get up, the first thing you do is you shake your head and you put your hands on your helmet, you take a couple steps, and then you, like, fall over. And at no point did he, like, reach back and grab his back, or did he, like, try to correct himself or stretch it out? Nothing. It was literally like, oh, I no longer have control of my body. He looked like a boxer who got rocked and then tried to yep. stand up and fight, whose legs just gave out, or got up for the 10 count. Took a couple steps and then fell over. It's exactly what it looked like. Anybody who's watched boxing or MMA or kick any one of the combat sports has seen that exact thing. You got your bell rung, or you got knocked out or close to getting knocked out. You stood up to try and continue fighting, and your legs aren't just there. They just give out. Uh, so I don't, I'm not buying that it was a back injury. I think there was a lot of mismanagement that went into it. I mean, even after yeah. this weekend where he went out, the coach McDaniel's was literally commenting on how oh he's fine he watched a movie the whole flight home he, he watched McGruber you're not supposed to watch like it's supposed to be like eyes off of screen Ugh, like it's, it's so like it's even bad. that like as much credit as we want to give McDaniel's even the plane portion of it was mismanaged that dude should have been like kept awake feed him coffee have him like read a book stare at nothing like the 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 whole thing is a mess, and I and I worry about what this means long term. And you have two weeks in a row. Does this become like a potential reoccurring theme? And yeah. like, how much of this plays into the CTE that comes later down the road? But yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think that's something. I mean, it's been hashed and rehashed. We won't, we won't dig further into it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. There's good. definitely definitely a lot to a lot to a lot to unpack there. But right. we'll definitely see the Dolphins do going forward. Right. Uh, another team for me that sort of really surprises the Lions. Now, this is obviously coming off the fact that they just put up 45 against my beloved Seahawks. <laughs> uh, they've put up 30-plus in a lot of games this year. They've scored yeah. the most points and also given up the most points. That is a stat that does not matter if I've ever heard one before. <laughs> um, but again, culture. Changing the, the dynamic of the football team. Jared Goff, I was like, oh boy, here we go. He knows how to play against the Seahawks. The, the tight end is going to get Featured every year because, you know, Seattle can't play them. And what the hell happened? TJ Hawkinson, yeah. 40 some odd fantasy, just rumbling down, operating in space. Like, so you can say whatever you want about Dan Campbell because he may look rough around the edges or he might not be the polished coach type. You know, we, I think sometimes we make this mistake. We think that like coaches need to be Jeopardy contestants and they have to possess this all weather like level of intellect and be able to look at a you know, piece of film and be like, I've got five plays for it. Well, that, that's great if you're Sean McVay. But if you're someone like Bill Belichick, for example, you've built that repertoire over years of seeing plays and formations, and you're like, I know what we're going to do here because you just have the experience. For a guy like Campbell, he's kind of he's built more of his uh, resume based on grinding, going to you know big offenses like with the New Orleans Saints as a tight ends coach, doing some time in Miami, right when he was the interim coach down there. So like, the guy knows how to generate points in bunches. The guy also knows how to motivate. At this point, the people who need to get motivated, probably the defensive side of the ball. Okay? Yep. When Patricia was there, defensive side of the ball, not really motivated because the coach wasn't really working out. So, you know, coaching is this thing where you have to have all the right ingredients, and it's the Lions. Do I expect them to make the postseason this year? No. Do I expect them to make a massive leap at, you know, ahead? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't think they're going to continue to get the second and third overall pick in the next couple of years because I think – what Dan Campbell's done thus far in the season is try to turn a little bit of that stuff around. So they've definitely surprised. Me. Um, 
The last one I'll say is the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, I thought they would come in and be like a serviceable team, kind of piggyback off of McCaffrey if he could stay healthy. Maybe find like some newfound, you know, ability and make in in Baker coming out trying to prove something, and it has been the exact opposite. Uh, Baker has been playing yeah. like absolute exactly. shit. He has almost as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. Um, it's just uh, overall, it has been just very, very unfortunate. He has two games where he was below the fifty percent mark in completions. Um, he was. Okay against Arizona. He 22 of 36, but he threw two interceptions and a touchdown. Like it's the dude is just not it. I don't know if he's still recovering from injuries or if he's just maybe just not a good quarterback. I keep wondering how long before Sam Darnold gets the chance to come in and try and, and do something with his team. I give it another maybe yeah. two games. He's coming out, he's saying all the right things, you know, but it's just not. It. Him and Trevor Lawrence have just been fumble machines this season as well. He has, I think Baker has like six fumbles so far this season. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, I think had six last game. <laughs> right. It was like it was like four or five, like you know, takeaways. Especially going against you know up fourteen against the Eagles. It's no slouch. Then you just crumble. Ah, that's so, a, yeah. that's a team we didn't even mention. Like. Yeah, oh, the, don't worry. The, I'm gonna get the Panthers. The Panthers are just complete disaster right now. I don't know what the the fix is for them. If you can keep McCaffrey healthy, I know there was some discussion about a, a potential quad injury. I am shocked, um, but it, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how much longer you give it to Baker before you you try to move on. But he's just. I mean, they're one for three. He has a total of 747 yards through. Four games. Four games and only four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's the team, his receiving core. I have a feeling that that's not not, not the case. It just doesn't look like uh, a quality football player. I know Stephen A. ripped him, ripped him today, saying he did not look like an NFL quarterback, went, went all in on him. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Carolina's probably going to start feeling that pressure. Like I said, I give it uh, maybe one game, two games left, and if they keep going the same direction, then I think we're going to see Sam come in and try and salvage somewhat of a season, or they go, yeah, in, I mean, or yeah. they go in tank mode. Who knows? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely something that could happen for sure. Uh, last team that surprised me the most this this uh, early into the season, the Bengals. Right? Hashtag let Joey roar. But uh, you start out one and two, you come back and you, and you even up the scales. I mean, some of these wins. Um, They've not really, like, okay, you beat the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, you're supposed to do those sorts of things. Like, uh, they have a really big test coming up on Sunday night against the Ravens, and you made it all the way to the Super Bowl last year. You had a bad offensive line. Mm -hmm. Now teams know exactly where the weaknesses are because you put new people in those perpetually bad spots from last season, and the style of play has not changed. Joe Mixon, I need, I need more out of you. It can't just be fuck it. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase down there somewhere. You got to get the tight ends involved. There's got to be different types of offense so that that Joe can keep the defense off the field long enough where they're going to go on a streak late in the season and be out in the divisional round, which is not where you want to be if you were just one play away from possibly winning the Super Bowl a season ago. So that, that is definitely sort of surprising. But, Tim, you, you talked about picks here. 
Um, not going to let you get away from this because we, we both only got one correct. I, and I need to know, need to figure out how do you knew the Vikings were going to win in London. Uh, <laughs> because I, I was like, no way. That's just, that shit is just not going to happen. Because uh, when it comes to primetime, Kirk usually falls apart. But I guess if you move to another country where primetime is in the morning, doesn't matter. Uh, well, I think it was less faith in the Saints than in Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. I think, uh, you know, there's been, the Saints have been one of those teams where, like, you can't completely write them off, but it is Jameis Winston, so in the back of your mind, it's, there's always a lot of doubt. And then, on the fact that it, you know, they, they pulled a fast one and, and started Adam Dalton this weekend. Uh, well, because he's hurt. He's hurt. The back injury. Back, back tightness. Uh, so I saw Dalton come in. I'm like, concussion, oh. probably. Yeah. So I saw <laughs> Dalton. I was like, all right. I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I just didn't feel comfortable with that one at all. Um, and they did almost lose it at the very end. That was about as heartbreaking of yeah. a loss as I've ever seen. If you're listening to us from London, um, know that that was yes, a very exciting game. There was a lot more back and forth to that than I anticipated actually going on in that. But then to have it come down to the wire that way, where you had yeah. like the like a Double stiff doink. breeze, like the butterfly effect. If a butterfly had like flapped its wings somewhere <laughs> in New York, that breeze by the time it reached London might have pushed it over. It was that close. I've never seen it hit the post, go in towards the goal, and then still hit the bottom and and come out. That was. Uh, that was definitely heartbreaking. Watching everybody's reaction was something you could watch over and over again. It was it was great on both sides. Like one, the, the Vikings were all defeated, and then you know they came back and ended up winning it. But this wasn't like a great game by the Vikings. Um, Cousins struggled quite a bit. Um, he missed quite a few wide open players. He was twenty five of. Of 38, he had 273 yards uh, through an interception. It, I mean, there were a lot of drops in the game, so you can't put it all on him. But it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't great. He got bailed out a lot by Jefferson. Uh, it was 10 of 13. He had 147 yards. If you went up against him in fantasy, I feel bad for you, son. He had like 34, 35 points or something crazy like that. Yep. Um, it just. They came out, they had a good start. You thought they were going to, you know, take the game and kind of run off with it early on, but they just kept letting the Saints get back in. They kept letting them come back into the game and, and, and kind of fight for it. Cousins helped draw a really late um, passing interference that could have gone hey. either way because as he's going down, he literally um, – uh, pulls on Lattimore's helmet, like face masks, as they're going down. So they should have been offsetting penalties. They weren't. It is what it is. Got the Vikings into scoring position, and then ultimately ended up uh, um, leading to points. And then they had another opportunity, uh, and then ended up. What was it? Uh, oh, they had a, they had a late penalty. Can't remember what it was. Anyway, it ended up moving them out of scoring position, so they ended up giving up points there. But in any event, this, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a very clean game by the Vikings. Obviously, they won. 
But they're going up against a team who had a quarterback that hadn't started in, in quite some time. It should have been a little bit more decisive, but Cousins did definitely suffer a little bit from that primetime bug that he can't seem to shake. Um, and it's, I mean, if the Saints had Kamara, maybe this would have had a different look to it. He was out with injuries. There's a couple other players that were out. I, I mean, James Winston, obviously. So I feel like this should have been something that was a little bit more of a of an uneven score. And the fact that it was this close, I think, kind of speaks to how ineffective the Vikings can be than it does how good the Saints might be. I think this was just a, a really big missed opportunity from the from the Vikings, but again, I had a little bit more faith in them than I and I had in the Saints. Yeah, it uh, was definitely interesting. Um, I, I picked Panthers, Cardinals, and I said Panthers. And I'm just like you know, I'm really not even going to get into it really because you've already kind of said some of the stuff. Like, uh, might be really time to accept that Baker's not that dude. Um, he, he, we know he's not good at the moment, right? Welcome back, Christian McCaffrey. Thank you, uh, thank you for putting the team on your back. But please don't injure any more thighs or quads or backs or Achilles carrying the weight and expectations of that franchise. Um, because at, at this point, like there is some level of dysfunction in a Bank of America Stadium. It just it does not it does not make sense. Like from the GM to the coach to the players, everyone believes in one rosy picture that's going on right now. But the actual picture that they're drawing is not is not very good. No. Um, and the inability to stop teams from scoring points, the inability to put up, you know, more points. Like sometimes you gotta, like what the what happened with the Chiefs and the Bucks the other night. You throw a pick six, you come back and throw a touchdown, right? Yep. Baker doesn't do that. Baker throws a pick. Baker throws another pick, and Baker throws a touchdown. And you're like, oh, we threw a touchdown. Yeah, but he threw two picks. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And and it, if the turnovers lead to points, that is not good for you. It just isn't. So there's there's got to be a better way for this team to kind of put some stuff together. But the Cardinals did exactly what they needed to do. They capitalized on it. I mean, J.J. Watt came out and said, hey, you know, he was a, he had a heart condition. He was still going to play anyways, like as if football is the only thing that matters to him, even though he had to get shocked Fucking with an AED. Like, J.J. Watt. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, this is, I kind of hate that guy. It's not even the craziest shit that happened this week, medically speaking. So Yeah. I'm a uh, – I don't, I don't... – I like how he said, I don't know who leaked my, that information about me. Bitch, you probably leaked that information about you because you... <laughs> I don't know. I, are I nothing, don't know. I'm not, not going to say he did, but... He is such I mean, a, like... I, listen, he does a lot of great things for the community. I get it. But he also tells you all of the great things he's doing for the community. He doesn't just casually do them and, and let it be. It's look at all of the things I'm doing on my Instagram posts. And the same thing... I, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I kind of think sometimes that that kind of shit sets a bad example because now you got a bunch of kids who think that the only way they're going to be successful is if they get fucking their heart right. shocked and, and, and also, get out in the field. Think about it like this, right? You were just talking about how like the medical uh, guidelines were maybe sort of, you know, ignored with letting mm -hmm. Tua back in the game. A guy needs to get fucking shocked by an AED and he's just playing in a game. Yeah, That's it, right? Like where some other people might have had a fucking heart attack and like we're just like, oh, sure. Go back to work the next day. No, the doctor's like, take time off. Like, don't go back to work. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like, if your heart stopped, you're out there playing football still. Like, well, I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't stopped. It was, uh, he had an irregular heartbeat. So, 
I don't I know. Mean, I mean, they, they maybe don't make it as you know dramatic sounding as it was. Maybe just let the person leak it and look like a fool. You yeah. Know what I mean. Or, or, Anyways, or maybe we'll, stop paying them five dollars to leak it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? You you picked uh, Pat's Packers, and you thought the Pats were going to win, and they did not. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a decent game. They go to OT. Um, got got a lot of drama in here, but you took the homer pick. It, it bit you in ass. Uh, yeah, only because uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I thought for sure. Uh, Bill, and they almost did, by the way. I thought they were going to come yeah. out and scheme against it enough to kind of keep him in check. And I mean, they damn near did it with a third string quarterback. Uh, so Brian Horror came in to start this game. I was giving him a little bit of credit. He did actually come out looking pretty good. He went five of six, had like 37 yards. Uh, and he thought, okay, then moving the ball. I mean, he's got a little experience with this team. He's been back and forth here for quite a while. Uh, and then he got banged out and, and had a concussion and did not come back in the game, which is what's supposed to happen. So they brought in a, a Bailey Zappi. Zapp? Zappi? Zappi? Yep, ba- Bailey Zappi. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they almost won the game with that dude that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, Rodgers came in. He was 21, 35, 251 yards. Uh, uh, he had two touchdowns, but he threw an interception. And for whatever reason was just not connecting on anything serviceable for most of the game, right? He came yeah. out, um, he, he he was trying to dish it out. He, I, where I thought the Patriots were going to take this one was going to be in the way their defense played and the way their <laughs> secondary. Sorry, you, why, you just did a line. <laughs> in my head. I put myself on mute so I can sniff on Tim. Jesus you, Christ. No, you did not put yourself on mute. And all no, I heard, actually did. No, I can beg to differ because oh. you just blew out yeah. my eardrums. Damn. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, all right, well. well I, got, I, got the, I got the other booster, you know, so maybe it's, maybe it's just finally, you know, hitting in. Who knows? Jesus Christ, man. I, I double checked you. I was like, "Oh, see the blinking red light means I'm off mute." Yeah, no, you were, you yeah, were, <laughs> you missed that one. I'm sorry. This is a family program. Sam was not just ripping lines off of his uh, his his counter. I promise. Um, if they were, it was vitamins. I think maybe. Flintstones. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was it was. It, what was fun to watch in the game is that Randall Cobb suddenly came out of nowhere and started like for a small window of time. Looked a little bit like vintage Cobb. Um, I mean, he didn't have a, a, a ton of targets, but the ones he did but get, he, he made matter. He went. Uh, he had uh, four receptions. Uh, no, sorry, he, he got targeted four times. He had three receptions and ended up uh, with forty-two yards. And he looked, but I mean, right up until he fumbled. But he looked for a small second. He had a little glimpse of like what it could, what it what it looked like in in olden days, but. Um, again, it was on Alan Lazar to, to bail him out anytime he needed to, to get out of jail. So I, I, I don't quite know yet what it is about that team that doesn't perform the way you would expect a team to play at that level. I mean, Aaron Jones was, um, their star running back on that game. He had 110 yards. AJ Dillon followed up with 73 yards. So it was very much run heavy 
other than Lazard's 116. I don't know if it's the receiving core wasn't quite on the same page, but I genuinely don't think you're going to beat a Patriots team if you rely solely on the run. Like, you kind of did in this one, but Lazard was your get-out-of-jail-free card, and he bailed you out of a lot of situations where you might have uh, not been able to get out of otherwise. Like, he was basically the Gronk to Brady in this scenario where anytime there was trouble, you knew that's where he was going to go. But something doesn't look or feel right in this team. And I can't, I can't figure out what it is. It's, it's something with Aaron and the timing of his receivers. I'm sure they'll figure it out as it goes on. Yeah. I know they've had a rotating cast. And we've talked a lot about all the spending they do in Green Bay and none of it's on supporting casts for Aaron. It's starting to be more apparent each year as his ability tends to decline. Can the guy still throw the ball on a dime for 50 yards? He can, but it's, you can see that there's there's some slowing down in the game. It's not quite the same, and it's taken a little bit longer for him to get this, get on the same page as his receivers are. Like there's no reason they couldn't have gone in and just blown this team out of the water. Like a third string quarterback, he should have had their number, and he should have been able to do something with it. And it just came out as like a mediocre performance. In fact, he had a lower QBR rating than Bailey did at the end of this game. He had an 89 to Bailey's 107.4. And he gave up He gave up his second pick six in that stadium in his entire career on Sunday. He was only giving up it one other time. Yeah, that was that was definitely Dobbs' fault, though. Um, yeah. But, we, 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 watched, we watched the game. I'm sure you did, too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it yeah. just... Rodgers... I don't want to say he's, like, declining, because obviously he's still playing at a, a pretty high level, but something just still feels off. There and I can't quite put my yeah. finger on it. It's that fucking haircut from, from the get go. Oh my what. god, what a fucking! When he, put, when he puts his cap on and there's just hair that comes behind both of his ears and yeah. nothing in the middle. You know what he looks it's like? like? He looks like, like the... a, like a ponytail from hell. You know he what he, he looks, looks like? like the fucking penguin from Surf's Up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what or I'm talking looks about? Like the actual penguin from the Michael Keaton Batman. This keeps going that way. Also so that way. That's yeah, kind of what we're getting to. All right, uh, I had Broncos Raiders. I, I picked the Broncos. Oh my god. But I guess the Raiders had to win at some point, and they did because the Broncos forgot how to play defense against the run. Um, Russ, three TDs total, two passing, one running. Mm-hmm. Decent, but the, the defense is supposed to be the defense didn't hold. Javante Williams, torn ACL and uh, LCL or PCL, so like he's done for the season. Like that's terrible because their running backs have cost them games with the way that they fumbled on the goal line, and then. Gordon fumbling this one away uh, for the Raiders to go back and, and sort of put this thing out. So um won't speak too much more about that. I think the Broncos obviously, they'll, they'll rebound, but uh, it, it's interesting. You know, Seattle Seahawks uh, Twitter family is, you know, a very divided bunch on where Russ and his legacy are. And now that uh, the Redditors in Denver have now had Russ for a few games, they're like, are we just a deep ball team now? Is that all we do? Like, do we not hit tight ends and, and, you know, screens to the running back and like, you know, people from Seattle are like, yes, my son, this is welcome to the family. This is this is what we dealt with for 10 years. You know what I mean? So, you know, here here we go. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, when some, you're going to lose some. Yeah. Russ is, uh, I would go so far as to say Russ is not a great quarterback. Like it's, uh, I, I see you eye rolling and go ahead and change my mind real quick. You got 30 seconds. Let me, to let me my just mind. do another line of. 
of, <laughs> of vitamins. <laughs> no, th- th- this is the thing. Brand new team. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of articles that come out that said that maybe they, you know, the brain trust in Denver there really wanted Hackett and Rogers to sort of link up, which would have been absolutely bananas. But um, you, you see how Rogers is having timing issues with his receivers. Like he's pretty much having to tell them to adjust the routes. Like Russ is able to score points. He's able to get the ball to the playmakers. But at that point, it's on them, right? Like the running back has to hold on to the ball. Like you have to do that. The defense, you're so good in the secondary, but you're soft up front. You're going to, you're just going to live and die. Other teams are going to live and die by taking those four or five yard chunks every time. And they're going to burn you eventually for a touchdown. And, you know, if you get a couple, you know, three and outs here and there, and you're not able to score points and it's the fourth quarter. Oh, Russ, you put the game on your back again. Like if you're down eight, sure, I guess you can make a, you can make a play for it. But like, that's not something you do in the most competitive division of football right now in the AFC. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. You need to, if someone punches, you punch back. And, and then you win a game 11-10 or 28-24. Those are the things that you have to do. You can't let a game get out in front of you. and Unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of first-year kind of jitters, things are working. The, the Broncos will be fine as they get down towards the end of the season, but they're ending the season. I think uh, two out of their last four or five games are against the Chiefs, who look right now like they could just do whatever they wanted in their sleep. So, yeah. you know, the Broncos have a lot to figure out. I don't think Russ is a bad quarterback. A three-TD game, especially where Russ runs for one, where he's not run a lot, and the, the mumbo-jumbo is, does he have his legs underneath him anymore? It's good. There's there's a lot more that you, you know, could take away from it, and you want the things to be different, but not bad for the Broncos. Not great. I mean, they've scored 16 points, 16 points, 11 points, and 23 points. That's not. Yeah, we're talking about the Giants when they've scored, you know, 20 or less. No, but I I I did say that I didn't think the the teams they were going up against were all that great. I, I I said I'm not sure I'm I'm sold on the Giants because of the strength of their uh, opponents up to this point, and I stand by that. And uh, you know, I would love to say the same thing about Seattle. I mean, uh, <laughs> Seattle about Denver if they had yeah. stronger opponents, but they didn't. They lost to the Seahawks. Uh, they squeaked out a win against the Texans. Um, they beat the 49ers by one point, and they got their ass kicked by the Raiders. So it's not like yeah, the well, strongest right now, schedule the 49ers either. are only eight points up on the defending world champions. But technically, by that style, if they go to beat the Rams and the Broncos have already beat the Niners, the Broncos are better than the Rams and the Niners. So ipso facto, laces out. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's I just know. too early. It's too early in the season. That's why the, the, Rams, the Rams is a team we didn't talk about. We'll have to talk about another episode that it's been a letdown this season. Well, opinion. we're going to talk about them here as soon as you tell us about Chiefs and Bucks. All that right. was my last game, and I'm going to get that prediction wrong, too. All right, Chiefs and Bucks. Um, this one, I, I actually had Kansas City. I even bet on Kansas City to, uh, to, to take this game, only because I think Tampa's kind of in the same boat. They've had a rotating uh, wide receiver roster for the last three weeks with – Injuries and players who've been suspended, and they were still plagued with them going into this game. So I thought Kansas City, they're they're playing well. You know, they seem to have moved on from Hill pretty quickly. I don't think they even looked in the rearview mirror, which was also strange because at some point they pulled up a weird stat about 
Tyreek during the game as a as a chief, which was strange. I'm like this, like I don't. This doesn't make sense right now. This doesn't this doesn't work in what's what's going on here. But whatever they they did it. Um, and then it came right out, and you had to fumble to start, which you know I don't I don't believe in the announcer's curse or anything like that. But they came out and they're like, oh, you got a rookie back taking his. He's been out. Here he is taking the 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 kickoff, and sure enough, he fumbles and gives Kansas City the ball on like the twenty yard line. So that's obviously not going to do you any favors. That was a little bit of a mess. Um, so that really sort of set the tone. Brady came out, and I thought he was going to struggle a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to get messy." But he got that look in his eyes, and he came and out. he stayed. He stayed after it. Yeah. That was that was the most promising thing. You know, they lost. Promising. Yeah, he was like, "We're in it until the very end." Uh, unfortunately, he had and right like through three quarters of that game. You're like, "Oh shit!" Like I've seen this look before. I know what's about to go down. And they were they had just marched down the field. Took seven plays to score a touchdown. Came out, held them, got the ball back, started marching downfield again, and. Uh, they had a, a a linebacker coming off the the right side. And he never even saw him. Never even saw him. He turned left. The guy, uh, yeah, it was a it was blown coverage. The guy totally missed his block, and he came in unimpeded, completely unimpeded. And it was something you see like in highlight reels. Brady just had the ball. If he had thrown it, it would have been fine. But he went for like a pump fake, and just as he went to bring it back in got cleaned out, ended up fumbling the ball, and then went down and, and gave up some points there. But their defense played really well for someone who was playing, like, backyard football. Like, you know, my, my problem with Patrick Mahomes is that he's starting to take on the personality of his girlfriend, where he's, like, overly hyped about <laughs> everything. Wife. Oh, his, his wife. wife now, sorry. <laughs> he's overly hyped about literally everything. He's like, everything everything you're like dude all right relax calm down um but i mean he's got all these like wonky little weird throws you used to see like all the other good quarterbacks do here and there he does all the time he had like this little flip he did at one point he had another one where he shot it as if he was shooting a layup and it like just barely went up over the head of a defender for another point. So it's really difficult to and this this kind of goes to my point where as much as we want to praise him for doing all this weird circus shit, what what kind of pisses me off a little bit in all of this is the only reason he can get away with a lot of that stuff is because you have to be so like aware when you go in to tackle a quarterback. You can't just go in and tackle the quarterback. So if he's running towards the line and you clean him out and he goes to slide, you're going to get a penalty, you're going to give up 15 yards, and they're going to get a first down. If he goes to slide and you hit him in the head, it's going to be 15 yards, you're going to give him a first down. If you hit him too low in the legs, it's going to be 15 yards, they're going to get a first down. It's just, you can't, if you have a guy like that who's making a run for it, and you could tell there was a couple times in that game where he would go to break out and you could see like a, a cornerback or like a lineman, a linebacker go up to tackle him and like go to slow down a little bit. And then instead of sliding, he would like stop and do this little like pivot to get around you 
and now you're hitting the ground because you can't hit him too high, you can't hit him too low. The rules that protect the quarterback really play into someone like Patrick Mahomes because it makes them more effective than if you didn't have those rules. Like, if you could just come in and clean out a quarterback, he would stop that shit, like, very quick because he would get cleaned out so much. Like, anytime he came out of the pocket and someone had a clean shot, they would just destroy him. But now, you have to, like, hold up a little bit because you don't want to penalize your team and give them an extra... Like, he was being chased and had a corner coming down on him when he did that little like flip play and you can see the defenders like they come down and they have their arms out like they're going to make a tackle and they kind of slow up a little bit because they're trying to prevent a penalty and then he just kind of flicks the ball over or you have guys diving towards the thighs to make sure they're not hitting too high it's just he is one who benefits more than anybody else from the way they try to protect the quarterbacks in my opinion I think once a quarterback starts running he should be treated as a running back. Fair game. Like, it's the only way to prevent some of these situations from happening. Otherwise, there's, like, nothing you can do about it. And it's just going to keep happening. So. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. And, and but, any, uh, the, the last thing I'll say about it is anybody who's talking about Brady being washed up, the man went 39 and 52 and threw 385 yards against one of the best yeah. teams yeah. in the NFL and threw just as many touchdowns as Patrick even, Mahomes and threw a hundred yards more. So it's just even after his arm got yanked, like yeah. where it looked like there might've been some serious damage. He just came back out and just shook it off. Yeah. Now I'm not an advocate for the TB 12 method, but if you ever want to talk about pliability, the dude's arm looked like it probably would have snapped in three places. If it was, you know, anyone else's arm, but he came back out and did it. So, uh, that's great. I, the last game I got here, Rams 49ers. I wanted to know how in the world this game, is uh, putting San Fran at one and a half point underdog. Um, currently, the game is going on right now as we're recording, and the score is. Uh, oh, they just called back that touchdown. It's 14 to nine. Okay, phew, because I looked at the Yahoo Sports app um, and it said 20 to nine. But this is good. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, there we go. Well, yeah, but it's fourth and goal at the LA Rams one. They're probably going to punt it. Um, no, no, they're, okay, they're, so- they're, they're running out the kicking team from the look of it. Oh, good. Good. The Rams, I should have put them on teams that are surprising because you're the defending world champion. Like, you, you need to go out there and, you know, put a little bit bigger uh, of a plan together. Yeah. But maybe Odell was the glue that kept that team together because receiving-wise, outside of Cup being thrown to a billion times a game, the tight end is not really involved. The running game's found a little difficulty. And even though they brought back a lot of the same people on defense, and Brown and Robbie Wagner, they're still getting just mauled at the point of attack. Um, Ramsey, DB, the, the graphic, I think, that the worldwide leader showed tonight during the game is he's the first uh, DB to, to make five Pro Bowls in a row. But he, he there's something about the scheme. I just can't I can't put a finger on it. But it, it just it doesn't feel like Rams football this year for whatever reason. It's just a little different. And uh, if they do happen to squeak out this game, which I hope they do, very big for the NFC West. Um, but if they don't, then like Jimmy G is like, now a thing again? We got to put up with this? Like, I don't know. So um, I, I am picking Rams this game. There's still some time left. I hope that it that it goes there. Uh, but uh, okay. So if, if my pick holds up, then you and I will have both got one pick right this week. So then we will be all time two. 
which just proves really how bad we are. But you're saving all your all your oh, juice for I, the, uh, I, for the I, had, I had Chiefs and Vikings. And no, the way I went after you, of your text message, you said I'm going to pick these games, and then you capitalized one of the two teams and everything. So oh like, no, I, that, I have to assume no, that was just me. I have to assume that's the team. You oh, picked. you're assuming wrong because that had nothing to do with any of it. <laughs> you just gave me the games you wanted to recap, but you didn't actually give me the picks. So I gave you the picks. So right. well, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll run with them. But no, I I actually bet <laughs> on DraftKings, and I right. I should send you what I had because I had no, you, well, Chiefs you should bet on and Vikings. Stats don't matter. That's what you should bet on. I had Chiefs and Vikings. The problem is bet everybody is that uh, because we've been away, everything is kind of a mess behind the scenes. We're literally making this up as we go. So uh, we should be, unless they have yeah, plans on taking. Person. 28 more vacations. We should be on like a regular schedule. So we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll just yeah. start even now and continue on throughout the rest of the season. Well, we are. We are going to be even if they win. But if not, you'll be a two to one lead. I mean, it's not a murderer's row that I can't make up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's get into some games for next week here. Uh, I'm going to start off Giants Packers in London Sunday morning. Um, look, Packers, you won an OT against a 54th string quarterback. You're supposed to do okay? But it's, it shouldn't have gone to OT. Um, I get a lot of the praise for the Giants have a master record this early in the season. You even heard me talk about it earlier in the podcast. But this game is a litmus test to see how much the offense can actually put together. Rodgers was screaming at his receivers. Um, the play call was perfect. The receivers, no separation. It was like the Patriots knew exactly what was going to happen. Just disrespected the wide receivers. They're not giving them any room to breathe whatsoever. and Rodgers would just have a perfect arc and it would be three feet in front of the receiver because the receiver just got, you know, put up with all the infighting with the, with the DB and just didn't want to look up for the ball. There was one point where Rodgers absolutely lost it on live television. And if you watched the game, you heard it. He was, he was like, what the fuck? Get set. You know, like just yelling at the receivers and like Tony Romo tried to, you know, talk it away. But like, it's very clear. Rodgers has got a couple years left in this game. And I don't think he thought, all right, well, if Devontae goes, you know, we'll get some other receivers. Some other good things will happen. That has not occurred that far, okay? I do think the Packers are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it easily-ish. But I do think that the Giants, even if they lose this game, they'll be 3-2. The so season's not over. However, we need to see what you're capable of. Because if Rodgers can get hot and start connecting with some of these receivers, it will be a little difficult uh, for you to win that game. So I'm going to go Packers in this game. Sorry, Craig, but uh, I mean, the Packers have to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to go with a gimme. I'm going to go with here we go. Eagles. Here we go. I'm going Eagles Cardinals. Yeah, so am I. So, <laughs> um, I think this is going to be a good kind of benchmark game for both teams, and I and I I know they're I know one's four zero and one is two and two, but one has faced Kansas City, the Raiders, the Rams, and then the Panthers. And then the other, and that that, that was in the uh, that was in the Cardinals. And the other one's gone up against the Lions, the Vikings, the Commanders, and the Jaguars. So, if you're trying to compare the schedules, one of them's a whole hell of a lot easier than the other. So, when they go up against teams that, yeah, I mean, other than the Vikings, I, I don't know if there's a team that's on there other than your Lions, which you said were better than what I expected. <laughs> uh, they they went up 38-35 and they, and they still won that game. But I think this might be their first 
big challenge for the Eagles. And coming into the season, a lot of people thought the Eagles were going to be this like new look team, and, and they're kind of living up to that a little bit. Again, they've had a super soft schedule going into this point, but I think I think the Cardinals are are a, a really good team. They only have one game in which they've scored under twenty points. Otherwise, it's been. 21 against the Chiefs. They did get blown out 44 to 21. Uh, but then they beat the Raiders 29 23. Um, the Panthers probably should have been a little bit of a bigger differential. It was 26 16. But then they lost the Rams 12 20. So, um, <clears throat> and it did take overtime to beat the Raiders. But I think. In luck. Yeah. I th- a lot of luck. I think, I think the Cardinals are, are they have potential to be a, a, a decent team. The Eagles, obviously, we know kind of, or we're seeing kind of what they're capable of. We just need to see them do it against some better opponents, and I think this might be the first, the first game for that to to take place. I still think the Eagles are going to come out on top. They look like a very dangerous team going into going into the season. So I'm going to keep riding that train until they prove us otherwise. But um, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Hurts and uh, and the Eagles. That was my next game I was going to pick. Similar right. for reasons to why you said I'm also going to roll with the Eagles. I do that because, look, they're the last undefeated team in the league. Yep. And like you mentioned, this doesn't. This is probably one of the first outright tests of their ability that we're going to see. Um, unfortunately, double XP weekend ends <laughs> October 6th. And this game takes place on the 9th. So, Kyler, are you going to keep the, the trend going or are you going to buck the trend? Are you going to play terrible after double XP weekend or are you going to play great? Because double XP is over. And also, shout out to Call of Duty because it comes out on October 28th. So there's going to be a lot of double XP weekends in the future where we get to test uh, this, this hypothesis. Your boy's, but, your boy's on yeah. fire this season. So come get that smoke <laughs> if anybody wants it. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Next game, Tim. All right. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't want to do a gimme. I want to do something. I feel like Chiefs Raiders might be a little bit more of a gimme. Gee, just fucking say all my picks in this thing are just trash, Tim. Just say it. I mean, God, that just... one should definitely lean Chiefs. I thought the Raiders were going to be better this season. They're, they're, I don't think they are, so we all know the Chiefs are going to win that one. Uh, you know what game I'm going to pick? Let's go Let's go. Bengals-Ravens. Oh, what a gimme. I, I don't know, man. It's, the Bengals are a team that can always like flirt with a good game, right? They can... they. If they're firing on all cylinders and Joey's roaring, then maybe they have an opportunity to compete with anybody. Um, like, if if we're going through the the stats, points scored per game, Baltimore's third, and and Cincinnati's thirteenth. Points allowed per game, though, Cincinnati's eighth in the league to Baltimore's twenty third. So. It seems like their strengths are flip-flop, right? Which makes for a good matchup. You have a team who's scoring the most amount of points going up against a team that's giving up the least amount of points in the entire league. So it's if if you can come in and if you can contain Lamar and force him to just throw, which is incredibly difficult, you can end up in a little bit of a of a shootout because the differential between Points scored per game isn't very high. It's it's twenty two point eight to twenty nine point eight. It's a touchdown. I get it, but 
The difference between points allowed per game is 17 and a half Cincinnati to 25 for Baltimore. So if you can get Cincinnati coming in and either the Jamar Chase connection or even like, you know, start spreading the ball around a little bit and you can squeak out a couple touchdowns, an, an unexpected touchdown or two, and your defense can hold up their end of the bargain, you might be able to come in and play the upset game because as we've talked about earlier, Baltimore likes to blow leads late in the game. And sometimes it's the other team. I mean, it's it's the receiving core. But sometimes it's Lamar, as we saw this last weekend. So Cincinnati is one of those teams that's always like on the cusp of being a really good team. Like they're always... But you're not picking them. They're always like flirting with it. Nah. This one's a coin toss for me. Um, man. Uh... You know what? I am going to go Cincinnati. There's a couple reasons. Given their defense is better than Baltimore's, Baltimore's is sort of middle middle of the pack to lower middle of the pack. Passing yards per game lean in favor of Cincinnati. Um, rushing yards lean more towards Baltimore, but that's all on Lamar. If you contain Lamar, you've you got a better chance. So they're, they're fourth in the league against defending against the rush. Contain Lamar, you have a really good opportunity. So I'm going to go Cincinnati. I'm going to go Cincinnati. All right. It's very uh, interesting. And the Rams are falling apart. There's just a fight on the sidelines. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to it's gonna be great. Uh, I, I had Chiefs, uh, Chiefs Raiders, but because you keep giving all my picks, should I change to Texans <laughs> Jaguars? I'm going to give the people what they want. And that's a Jaguars who, win. Who wants that? Vegas, obviously. Right. Maybe maybe you'll put it on your fifty-two leg parlay uh, here in the future here. But um, uh, shout out to the shout out to the Rams just making Allen Robinson the second just virtually invisible. One target, one reception, two yards. Ridiculous, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Okay, uh, look, Doug Peterson, new head coach of the Jags. You get a team, you go up fourteen on uh, on a team that was undefeated at that point. Um, that's got to be a good feeling. A lot of technical things need to happen, though. Ball security, ball security, ball security. Between Travis Etienne and James Robinson, there have been a number of fumbles. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has flashed moments of brilliance, and then in this game, he just completely detonated and really took a, a regression step back there. So I don't think the Texans can outright win this game. I don't think the Jaguars can outright win this game. But if I have to go over, I think can outlast. A team. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the team who has a Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson over Lovey Smith's Texans, who are 0 3 and 1. 0 3 and 1. I don't think this is the first week that the Texans get to win. Um, dude, I, I, I could see it being a, a 24 or 21 kind of game, mm-hmm. which will have a lot more drama in it than we need. Um, if Damian Pierce is somehow on your waiver wire, go get him because he's going to get fed the rock about a million times. Because between him and Brandon Cooks, there's no one on that team that you can trust offensively. And Brandon Cooks gets four or five targets a week. So yeah, and a concussion if, every other week. Yeah. So all right, your your third game, sir. I gave you my three games. What was the third one? We just talked about it. So Eagles, Cardinals, Bengals, Ravens. What was the third one? Oh my god, what was the first one? Uh, Do we need to pull you off the field for at least no, one play? No, no, no. It minute? was. Uh, uh, it was. I said it wasn't a gimme. You said it was Chiefs Raiders. No, Cardinals, Eagles. 
game number one. Number two, we Bengals both, Ravens game two. And then no, no, what was the one we both we both picked in the middle? Eagles Cardinals, which was your first game. I thought I had a different one. All right, um, and, and no, no easy bullshit pick them either. Come on, there. Okay, let's say, let's say, let's say. I guess we'll go. Let's go Lions Patriots. I knew you were going to do that. I almost picked that game. Only because you guys, are, you guys are one and three, man. But I was tied. I was I was debating between that. And I'll let you pick. Okay. No, 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 no. This is your pick. No, no. Well, no. it's going to be this, or it's going to be Seahawks Saints. The reason being is I like what we're seeing out of the Saints. Right now, I think, yep. um, you know, despite the quarterback changing, you know, they're showing a little promise. I don't have any confidence in, in Winston. I've already said that this episode and previous episodes. So the quarterback changing, you know, there's some potential there. If they were to get like a franchise quarterback, I think they could be okay. The Seahawks kind of surprising everybody a little bit and kind of doing what they're doing. Um, and I feel like. This is, and I'm picking it more because, not because I think this is uh, like a, a marquee game that we need to, you know, everyone needs to tune in for. I'm trying to pick games that are going to be close, right? I'm not looking, since we're only doing three games a week, I'm not trying to do one that is going to be over the top. So, you know, fuck it. We'll just, we'll just roll with this one since we're already talking about it. Um, I think, I think this is one of those where, like the quarterback situation going into this was kind of a little bit of a of a you know shot in the side for all you fans, but it's kind of playing out a little bit into you know an interesting storyline where Geno Smith, everyone kind of like checked him out, wasn't really involved in much, and suddenly here they are winning football games. All of a sudden, they're two and two. Uh, and I think this is one of those games where the matchups are kind of like equal caliber. Geno Smith is not a bad quarterback. I think he's better than both Dalton and Winston, if I'm being honest. But the teams, I think, are matched up enough that this is probably going to be a pretty close game. And I'm actually going to lean on Seattle's side. So I'm going to take Seattle on this one. I think they're going to, uh, you know, as long as uh, everybody gets their shits out, before the game, so you don't have Metcalf getting <laughs> carded up. Which, by the way, it makes sense for anybody who has questions. It does actually make sense to uh, get carded off the field to take a yeah, shit because it's so far away. It's so <laughs> far away. Like, you got to go down to the corner of the field, around the end zone, down the hallway, take a shit, come up back some down. Stairs, probably. Yeah. So it's yeah, all right. It does make sense, but I was getting reports of like back injuries and all kinds of crazy shit. But Geno Smith finished last game with a hundred and thirty-two point six passer rating. That man yeah. was a machine. So I think Jared Goff, by the way, finished that same uh, that same game with a hundred twenty-one point five. So yeah, he's, well, he's yeah, out there he's, looking all right. He's he's been tearing up the Seahawks for years, so that's not that's yeah. not surprising. Three hundred seventy-eight uh, okay. yards. So unbelievable. Unbelievable! <laughs> I just knew. I knew. I knew when they were up, like you know, two scores. I was like, "This game is over. It's never over." Yeah. Uh, the, the, every excuse me. Wow. 
I guess it was time for that burp because <laughs> I had time in the beer. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been great. Thank you Yay! very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a, I have this meme that I posted next to my desk, my desk at work, and it says uh, me after every Seahawks game, and it's the Kermit the Frog meme where he's in the hospital bed on the ventilator. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's just what happens. But uh, interesting. One thing I will note is that um, Seahawks Saints last year was the game that uh, Gino lost for them. It was one of the first games that uh, Gino played after Russ um, obliterated his uh, his finger, the one he had mouth finger. So the Seahawks were going to win that game, and then mistakes late in the season, sorry, not late in the season, late in the game, um, or what ended up you know winning it for the Saints. So I'd be very interested. I hope it doesn't go that way again. But the subreddit already on Marshawn Lattimore and DK Metcalf is going to be must-see TV. Uh, that's why I pay for the NFL Sunday ticket and why I watch it every Sunday. All right, those are the picks. And that will do it for this episode of Stats America Podcast. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, I would say we back, baby. But um, you could, you know, you can get called up to, you know, take a manned space mission uh, where you learn to drill a hole into an asteroid and mm. drop a nuclear bomb in it so it splits in two and misses the Earth and we still have a, a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna try and get back on schedule. I know it's so much easier to the to, to plan on not listening to us when we're on schedule. Because um, <laughs> you're like, oh, I didn't I didn't get the episode this week. Oh, bummer! And you're like, oh shit, what is this new episode of my queue? This yeah, week? got the notification. Sam, do you have any more trips planned? We've got a lot of trips. Uh, Where did we, you just get back from, by the way? Um, I, didn't, I haven't gone anywhere in a minute. I know last week was your anniversary, but the week before that. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. 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 For our anniversary, we did go to the Poconos in PA. Oh, okay. And what about the week before yeah. that? You went somewhere uh, the week before that, too, because we haven't recorded the, the week weeks. before that, you, you turned 96. And then the no, that was, that, we that was last week, 28. Uh, you we you were traveling two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. And then before that, all the other times we missed were also because Sam was traveling. Man's, man's a globe trotter. What? what was I doing? I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> hopefully we're we're back on schedule. I kind of like these Mondays. I think if we could sneak them in at like eight o'clock on a Monday, I think we could. Uh, that'd be nice. Recap the weekend. I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just bury the lead that next Monday's not not gonna happen. Uh, traveling. But... <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys. If it's not traveling, the man is watching the Bachelor series of some kind. Bachelor, Bachelor. Yeah, shout bachelor. out to Bachelor in Paradise, most dramatic season ever. Oh my god. Alright, we're out. Peace. <laughs> Peace.